0: Hello there and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of com. This is episode 50, the big five oh indeed. Oh, no. I am Chris and I am joined as always by Rachel. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hey, Chris, how's it going?
0: It's going all right. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> uh, interesting recording experience we've had so far, but yeah, yeah. no one has to hear about that. Uh,
2: <laughs> you're just going to hear a great show. Uh, <laughs> Um, and Dan, Which is hello Dan. An interesting recording experience. Hi Chris, I'm Dan. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's, it's going well, thanks. It's going well. Yeah. And the hello.
3: Hey, hey guys. We're all here. We're all here. We're all talking. <laughs>
0: Things are good.
3: <laughs> Things are good.
0: Okay, so this week. We are going to be talking about Rachel's adventures in Oticon. Or misadventures, as it were. Yeah, Rachel was lucky enough to go to the final Well, the final iteration of Oticon that happened in Baltimore. Yeah, the Baltimore. Last weekend.
1: the Baltimore chapter of Oticon is officially going to be moving. Uh, moving shop from Baltimore all the way to Washington D.C. Uh, on the east coast now so this was their um 2016 was the last time oticon will be held at the baltimore convention center and uh that wrapped up just last weekend and uh got a lot it was it was quite a year lots of stuff happened and i'm really eager to to share it with you all
3: nice
0: all righty should we just get get into it
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right might as well start from the beginning um well it was very- well, I would say the, the start of Otakon, like, at least just getting there and getting into cosplay, it's just one of the first things that you always, uh, is struck when you go into a convention of this magnitude. Is this the sheer amount of people all kind of, like, you know, congregating just to register or for the pre-registering of the convention? It's just a, it's a huge, huge mass of cosplayers of, you know, a wide- wide variety, which is- Every so, no matter how many times I go to a convention like this, it's just, it's always continues to blow me away, like, the level of detail, like, some people will put into their costumes, and then, like, one of the special parts about Otakon is that they're always the big, uh, photo shoots that they have for each fandom, so they, like, they don't waste any time getting to that, so they always, like, you'll walk, you'll wander in after registering, and then it'll be just, you know, you'll wander by groups of people all gathering in the same costume or, you know. Group of costumes and all just like getting in front of like professional camera, you know, photographers and getting all their pictures taken.
0: Nice. And, it, and you went in cosplay yourself, did you?
1: I did. I did. I like think I mentioned on uh, last episode of a podcast, I uh, decided along with my dear brother who was coming with me as my cameraman to uh, do a Steven uh, Universe cosplay. I went as Pearl from Steven Universe and he went as a young Greg Universe. <laughs> nice we both got lots of compliments from our uh costumes even though i feel i know i, I admitted in the article that it's like uh my i admit my costume was kind of a bit of bit of a rush job i <laughs> had to, like literally for the all i could do for the gem that was supposed to go on my head was get like a um a little uh, piece for a necklace and then just kind of do like take some you know glue and just, just stick it on my head along with an extra tie to make sure it didn't Babble around too much, but it did. Regardless, oh, yeah. you're not supposed to she tell did.
3: your
2: secrets. <laughs>
1: you, you didn't have a real gem. Oh. But yeah, just is the place where you go to share that information, though, because it's, it's ah. that's they actually have panels where people can go and actually you know talk about okay, like, hey, this is how you put a cosplay like this together, and this is the oh, materials cool. you can use. It's really they're they're very thorough in like celebrating the art of cosplay awesome it's such a big part of the culture
3: and you have and you posted photos on twitter you said
1: yeah i had had a couple photos on twitter and um i know we got a lot of photos from the people you know just walking around the con a lot of people either fellow steven universe cosplayers or just people who enjoy the show would like see us walking down the hallway and then just you know compliment us on our costumes and ask for pictures there was Quite a, quite a few too, because like only like every couple, we had to stop like every couple minutes just because someone was like, "Oh, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture?" <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. easily the the best thing for me when I was waiting in line because I uh, in the my brother hadn't registered yet, so he was going. He was waiting in line, and while I was waiting for him, there was another line of uh, families who were waiting to get registered in the uh, regular registration, and they saw me. or at least, their two young uh, sons saw me. Uh, I think one was about, like, 10 or 11, the other was about, like, uh, 7 years old. The older one pointed out to me, he's like, Mom, it's Pearl! Oh
3: uh, that's awesome.
1: And the little, the 7-year-old, the if, if a little, if a 7-year-old could, like, melt in their shoes, that's literally what I saw this kid do, because he was just, like, a, just a bundle of smiles. He didn't say a word, he was very quiet, but he just, like, uh, just could not stop staring at me.
2: Aww, uh, that's awesome. That's lovely. It's, are you are it was, used it was to really
1: that? Cool. I've never had that experience. I've never had an experience like that in Oticon before. That's oh, really? not when I've cosplayed from pre- previously. Uh-huh. But it was really special.
2: Uh, are you used to like being like, not like, t- yeah, I guess like to being stopped and like, you know, people saying, hey, can I have a photo? Hey, can- hey, bro. Hey. Like, are you used <laughs> to
1: that? Not, not as, not, I have to admit, like the past couple times I've gone to Oticon, like I've only cosplayed twice um, mm-hmm. And I don't recall ever getting that many, you know, requests to just stop and take pictures. Some of the like, like some one cost, you know, some costumes are, uh, will get more people's attention more than others. But I think it's just because of the fact that Steven Universe has become such a big thing right now. That if you yeah. put together a costume that's you know for something re- that's you know relevant right now and it's a you know, really big hit with a lot of people, you know, will be more encouraged. Not today, not even
0: Japanese. they wouldn't have stood that yeah. for that in my day. No, not, not real anime, is it? Not today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you
1: say that, but there was actually a panel at Otakon that I tried to get to, but unfortunately it was completely full up by the time my brother and I got there, that was actually talking about Steven Universe and the anime uh, references and um, styles that are actually yeah, used in know. the show proper, so...
2: It's heavily. I really wanted to memory. see that.
1: That was like one of my big priorities of panels to see, but unfortunately, it I missed out because a one of the poor one of the sad things about Otakon is that you know at some point, wandering around the convention for who knows how many hours, you do need to eat, and you need to, you do need to take breaks. And we just were hoping that maybe that it wouldn't be as crowded as some of the other panels, like some mm-hmm. of the bigger premiere panels. But it, we were wrong. <laughs> We we got to the panel, and there was already people out front of, you know, staff in front of the door saying, you know, that it was completely full ups and that we couldn't linger outside in case anyone decided to leave. So it was just like, yep, just go about your business. It's like, oh, okay, time to move on.
0: I heard some sort I had of something else general do. complaints on Twitter, like, I think about certain events, like, being not in big enough rooms or whatever. I think, like, that they misjudged. Like, I think, because mm. uh, Cannon Busters had a premiere there uh and i i think there yes was, it did quite a lot of people couldn't get into that who wanted to and i think they they basically thought that they complete you know they underestimated yeah. by a long way how popular it was going to be so
3: wow uh, it
1: really well is i like guess i that's know why... um well i got some news report uh, another report from the um you know the staff itself since i got i had i had a press pass so basically, saying that you know overall attendance this year has risen again, even more so than last year. So it's just like, oh goodness. So it's no it, it, when you have when those numbers in mind, it's no wonder that things filled up so quickly, and it's not really the fault of the staff members having to you know work with having to work with so many people all trying to get into the same thing. I mean, they did what they had to. It's still it's yeah it's it's it 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 makes all the more sense why they need to move to a different location in order to try and accommodate all the people that are coming out for this, this convention, because it's, it's only just continues to continues to get bigger for all the 18 years that they've actually hosted the convention at Baltimore. It's like, they've had to they started with just the convention Change. center, and then they've had to expand from, you know, the, the adjacent hotel buildings and just keep getting bigger and bigger, and now they've just reached, even that's reached mass, maximum capacity, so it's just like, where it's else can you... you go? Wow.
2: It's it, it must be, it must be very disappointing though. Like when you spend like how much is a ticket like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like how no how much are they like forty? It
1: is like, ninety dollars. It's ninety dollars.
2: See, that's crazy. Games. And if you yeah, and if you spend like ninety dollars, you know, to go to the convention, which is like having the Canon Busters premiere, and you can't get in, like that's that sucks. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's. And- I, I give, like I said, I give my due credit to the staff of Odecon and the everyone at Otacorp, You know,
2: Oxford. oh yeah, it's no one's, it's I no one's, to... it's no one's fault at all. It's just, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's a good job that they're moving to a, <laughs> or I presume, is a bigger location.
1: Yeah, I really, I really hope so.
2: I
3: mean, yeah. ninety bucks for three days is really not that bad, though, if you think about it. I mean, for all the. Programming that seemed to be, I mean I'd there was programming that's really all
2: day quite that bad, <laughs> I don't know that's really expensive. well,
3: not I mean compared to something like Tribeca, it's not you know okay,
2: okay true, um
3: I guess that's what I'm comparing it to i mean and and especially if they're if you know because it's been going on for so long, but yeah, it is tricky though, if you pay that much money and then you can't get into things yeah, oh so yeah. so difficult to predict
2: Still, what did you... at the
1: same time. At the same time, it was uh, I was able to do quite a lot at the time at Otacon that I did have, and uh, I was able to attend the uh, Under the Dog premiere at Otacon and um, that also featured a and a panel with the producers. So we had basically the people who had spent money in order to back this project were actually able to speak with the producers and talk about, you know... The kind of uh, work that went into developing Under the Dog, which was really really cool to see. You know, it was nice dialogue between, even though it was you know, between you know backers who were from a completely different country, you know, talking about the what the project that they had put money in and the challenges. What is Under that the producers the dog? And the director had to. It's a um, an anime series that was uh, started via uh, Kickstarter. It was fully funded, or at least it was. They reached, I believe, they reached their goal via Kickstarter, and then um. The folks in the project involved in the project, you know, were able to use the money that they got to basically put it all into this one up ep- to the one episode that they were able to fund,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's basically uh, what's what's a good way to describe that because we actually have a review of it on the site now. All um, right, describing describing the overall plot, but it's it's more or less like a um, it seems to be a kind of sci-fi action series featuring. It's these... basically
0: like the kind of anime. That used to be the big kind of anime in the West. Things like Ghost in the Shell, Stand Alone Complex, and things like that. It's you know it. People were saying, "Oh, no, okay. this is this is okay. the kind of thing I got into anime for." Basically, that's what people were getting excited for. Um, and yeah, there was it was a really big uh, Kickstarter campaign. And then I, there was there was actually a bit of controversy around it because like a lot of the team changed off after the it was in co- in production loads of people dropped out or something right. and it ended up being someone different directing it or something like yeah so the fact that it's that it's
1: yeah it had to ch- it had to change around a lot to f- to fit with the platform that they were using to get the funding because it's it's extremely different from you know how anime is traditionally uh, funded and produced so that they were taking a big risk with this, and i i like to I like to say it paid off. And it seemed like the when we were talking the the producers, though, they seemed still like they were really unsure about where yeah, they're going to they, go. From
0: they did here. like a thirty minute, um, short episode, or whatever. But they were talking about wanting to potentially turn it into a series or movies, weren't they? I think originally, so they just don't have that money at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they they were hope, hoping to you. you
1: yeah, they think mm. they uh they said they were in the red when I was uh, when they were talking on the the um and, you know but talking with people in the premiere. So they're it, still it, not entirely it, it, sure. You know they've got stuff planned out for stuff that they yeah. want to do. It sounds like, but whether or not they will actually be able to do it, or you know, from here is still remains to be seen.
2: I'm looking. I'm looking at like the team that was involved, and like they're not necessarily like known for being independent. Like, uh, yeah, like um, the the director Masahiro Ando. Like he he directed lots of FMA, like Brotherhood, and Mm -hmm. Full Metal Alchemist, the original Crayon Shin-chan, and um, Mm -hmm. Sword of the Stranger. Yeah. So so this is like one of those projects that's like kind of attached to traditional production but not funded Mm -hmm. traditionally
1: yes exactly and i mean it clearly shows in the actual you know what we were actually shown it was really impressive to look at and i really enjoyed it it's just i I feel really bad for these guys it's like now that they put all that effort into this all this money into this production and now they're not entirely sure where they're gonna go from here (laughs)
0: I kind of regret... I, well, I kind of regretted not backing it, but then then when there was all the... Because um, it, it took a really long time to happen, I think, because of all the, all the problems. So I was sort of mm-hmm. like, maybe I don't regret it so much. But, but then when you hear it coming out, you're like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see that. <laughs> it can be... A, with animation, particularly, it can be ages before... And games or whatever. It can be ages before it turns up. So... And you completely forget. You can you completely forget about oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah. suddenly <laughs> one day you just get either an email or um, yeah, or or a package or something you're like oh, like a present from the past. Just like <laughs> just this 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 last week something that I backed turned up. Like, oh, I forgot I'd done that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens, totally. doesn't
2: it? But but as we've said, like the problem, like is not really getting the thing made; it's getting the thing seen and getting it distributed mm-hmm. in a way that's effective.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, and that's that, that's another issue I believe that they brought up in during the uh, the Q and A panel that said like, in terms of just a, is just not just the distribution but also the marketing too, just general marketing with um you know traditional yeah. back with traditional backers from you know from the the industry normally that they you know they can take care of all that you know risk whether or not something goes you know whether it's going to make money or not that's that that's their issue but when you're doing a kickstarter project like this it's the people who are also doubling up with you know the creative producing it's also on in, in directing it's you know now they have something else to worry about which is in terms of you know marketing and making sure that this is seen by the right people
0: which academia yeah it, the second yes. one was a kickstarter wasn't it or crowdfunding and that, and then it's ended up like on netflix and everything so there is you know there's it shows mm-hmm. that sometimes crowdfunded things can get a wider distribution so
3: hopefully Where has-
1: that's the case with this with these guys
0: we're going to um just to plug animation
3: night's best of or any best of fest <laughs> we're going to have um it's pretty exciting actually we have to confirm the lo- the um details of two of them but we're going to have three separate um panels on um one on alternative distribution for animation one on um tv distribution and then one on um animation on crowdfunding animation specifically, specifically. Very cool. that sounds I know. very interesting Tell me both. That's that's right. (laughs) September 29th and 30th all day. We have two... Ticket packages. We have the industry uh, thirty dollars for all events for two days, including VR animation experiences and an industry party. And then we also have a fifteen dollars enthusiast suggested donation, fifteen dollars enthusiast package um, for pretty much all the main panels and events.
0: Oh yeah, um, and, and all and the and
3: main there's going to be an award. There will be an award a very important Reverse. award, an animation for adults award.
0: <laughs> wow. yeah. That's going to be so great. So that's happening. <laughs> that is definitely happening. <laughs> we'll be there. I won't. Yes.
3: Present. That's so exciting.
0: Maybe. Oh, yeah. Next time. Um, <laughs> next time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's happening. Animation Dutch New York Best of Fest. Plug, plug. There we go. So, so Articom. Plug, plug. (laughs) Plug.
1: Yes, Yes. back to to the con. Um, So cool. One of the other big panels that I was able to make it to um, when I wasn't uh, walking around the dealer's room or artist alley, which were all really awesome to look at, by the way, um, (laughs) you know, so much so much swag, so much, you know, fan created art. Then uh gallery was really cool, but uh the really thing the, the big thing that I was really excited to get to do while I was at Otacon this year was the fact that they uh Funimation was having the big premiere of their new dub for The Vision of Escaflowne. And they had this big big panel where they ha- they aired the very first two dubbed episodes and then had a and a with um Sonny Strait, uh Caitlin Glass, Aaron Dismick, um, and also very big was the um original direct you know, director of Escaflone, Kazuki Akane. Nice was also Kane San was also there. And uh they all watched they all watched the episodes with us and then they came up on stage and talked about the the, the series afterward. And it was <laughs> so awesome.
0: Oh that was actually absolutely... <laughs> That was crowd-funded that we as got well, wasn't it? To the um, Funimation release Segway.
3: Yes, it <laughs> is. We're
0: we we're already on the subject, yep. so we don't segway. need to segue. <laughs> but... um,
1: <laughs> I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Sonny Straight myself, since he is the um, he's the ADR director for this new dub, and uh, also the voice of Alan. He was cast as Alan in the. Um, the show as well and uh, he was talk- telling me about how they put out this Kickstarter just to see if the um, interest was there with the project and it was yeah, uh, there, they got there an was overwhelming a little, response a little bit of controversy
0: in some <laughs> so, some quarters because people were like hey Funimation Funimation don't need um, don't need a Kickstarter to release something that's going to be popular anyway but as you say the idea was we've basically was there um, an interest and it was to do it specifically because they had to do a new dub because them being directors cut or something isn't it so the original version wasn't direct dubbed or something i think something
1: no yeah there was um the uh, the dub that uh, first aired I think for the vision of Escafloni was was heavily edited down so uh this basically this project was an attempt to is it is an attempt to make to get the unedited version of the series dubbed and, uh, released in the U S so, and, and beyond. So yeah, just, it was, I'm trying to remember Like, I think it was like, uh, oh, sorry, I'm stumbling. I'm mumbling again. I'm terribly sorry. Um, cause I actually have the little flyer that they handed out at the, um, at the the panel and, uh, basically it's come, it should be coming out on Blu-ray, DVD and digital HD on uh october the 18th and that'll include um box sets for the first the first half of the series second half of the series and then a big old collection box set with both the the full series plus the movie so they really went all out with the stub and it's i'm i'm as a fan of the original show i'm very excited 'Cause I have a I have a very interesting history with the Escafone series and the fact that I got to watch this new dub just basically kind of brought back a lot of serious nostalgia and just made me want to watch the whole series all over again. Now I just have to wait for October to do so. I
0: I know there was like a Fox Fox Kids or something, like really heavily censored thing, but they did release the um they did release just like a standard oh, dub yes. as well. Like I think Bandai did it. Um because
1: yeah, band. I like like Kirby Morrow was cast as Van, and uh, yeah, I think our, I they kind of saw a bit of that, but not that much. The
0: very short-lived in the UK um, anime central channel. They they tried for a few months to have an anime dedicated channel, and it had it had like um, quite a lineup. It had like Ghost in the Shell, Stad, Low Complex, Cowboy Bebop, Gundam, Wig, and it didn't didn't last very long. I
2: remember that. But they would like they would like play, yeah. They'd like. <laughs> I seem to remember it being like they mm. play they play three hours, of like, you know, like four episodes or whatever, and then they would play the same thing again and again and again from like. Yep, and repeating then they like play three in one series night. in
0: its entirety, and like, <laughs> every night, night after night, and um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if I saw it all the way through, but I know I did. I did try and watch it <laughs> at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I actually got introduced to Siflone. It was um, through a friend of mine from college, and she actually had VHS tapes that she had been given uh, to her by a friend, a close friend, that basically was uh, the original Japanese with subtitles. Like, I don't know how she got these VHS tapes or how her friend got these tapes, but uh, she actually uh, showed them to me and one of my other friends and said, okay, we're going to marathon this over the next couple days. And that was actually one of the first times I've ever, you know, first time I've ever marathoned anything. And it was, it was an experience. And that's one of the reasons why the show stands out so much to me and why I was interested to see how the Funimation dub was going to, you know, Take how the delivery on the lines and the casting, and uh, it was it was great. Like as I remember, like actually when we they were done showing the episodes, and uh, you know Kazuki Akane-san, you know he was brought up to ask a couple asked a couple questions about you know different things about the show and the premiere, and uh, he literally said, you know, when did when he was while he was watching, he for a second thought, when did Vaughn and Tomi learn to speak such good English? so he he really approved of the of the way that they hit every emotional note that the characters were supposed to in those first two episodes and that's that's really high praise coming from the, it's know, getting the re- director getting the himself.
0: the new version's getting released in the u k as well they're doing a um uh i think anime limited to doing one of their ultimate editions, which are great big expensive things with all sorts of fancy stuff in it <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what's with this one but they normally have mm-hmm. lots
1: the, Aside from actually getting you know, getting to ask questions and talk with you know the cast and crew and or and uh Akane-san it was one of the things that about Oda, you know just being at watching something like this at Otakon as opposed to being anywhere else is that you get you know everyone that you're sitting with is that they're all fans you know at least a good majority of them are all fans of the series, you know, diehard fans. And so, when certain moments come up while watching the episodes, you know, people, you know, you'll get a whole crowd laughter, and then, or something like, or gasps or something. And just, it was it was just great to just be in a room full of so many like-minded people all watching the same thing and just enjoying the hell out of it. When, say, yeah. like, say a character delivered a joke, but my personal, like, there's one moment that stands out in my mind where... Um, I think I believe it was during the second episode that they were showing us, and Hitomi has been transported to this alternate world with Vaughn, and being taken to his kingdom, and they're riding in a ho- like a horse and cart, and they they basically gives an establishing shot of the kingdom of Fennel and I'm and the line is delivered by one of the characters. What do you think? And as it pans out, and Hitomi's not supposed to say anything, but I swear to God, someone in front of me. Who I know has seen the series before, basically just sat there and said, "Looks burnable." It's <laughs> like, oh no!
2: Does everyone die in a fire or something?
1: It, it, it basically oh, the, it gets invaded and every everyone save like the entire kingdom is basically destroyed and has to be rebuilt later on in the show. But it's still it's it was just one of those kind of moments where it's just interesting to watch with people who have seen the show before who know it's going to happen and just someone says something and then that kind of makes the whole rest of the crowd snicker for (laughs) snicker for like a good second or two and then keeps watching the episodes but you can only get something like that at Oticon
0: it's funny Um,
1: (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's basically (laughs) what it amounts to but it's it was fun it was a lot of fun and I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to see um the new dub provision of Escaflone and actually get the opportunity to speak not just to Sonny Strait but also Aaron and then get uh, attend a press conference with uh, Akane san which was really cool. We got to ask him a whole bunch of questions about, you know, the animation involved, the changes in character design that happened in you know, midway through production and his idea about making, you know, Hitomi a bit more of a independent, you know, protagonist. And, and you
0: know what? The patrons after this after this episode, they will hear the um, the press conference. Press conference.
1: Yep, I actually was able to with bring in a uh, bring in a recording device and actually got to record the entire thing. So, if nice. you're interested in giving that a listen, if you can sub- uh, subscribe and be a patron. That will be one of the perks Sweet. if you want to listen to that.
3: Cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only other, like I said, there was lots there was so much going on at Otakon and I tried my best to attend as much as I could but there were there were still a couple things I had to sacrifice in order to actually eat and sleep proper um one of the things I normally go to see that I couldn't attend to aside from the uh, Steven Universe and you know and you know anime inspired panel was the uh anime music video contest or AMV contest which is held Every single year at Otakon, with a whole slew of entries of people taking clips of different series and stitching them together to popular music, and one of the reasons I always enjoy attending this event is because the fact that it's one of the best ways to get introduced to new shows that perhaps you may not have seen yet. I mean, depending on the content of the videos that edited together, it could you know it could spoil certain aspects of it. But if you're new to the show, and are really not aware of what happens into it, or what the context is, it really- all it is is serves just to pique your interest, and I can know that at least from some of the entries that uh, my brother was able to share with me, because- share with me, because most of these videos are on YouTube now. After the convention was over, that I've- at least got more than a handful of show- of new uh, shows that I'm really interested to check out. Nice. They have a wide variety of categories. They have, um, let's see, it was the they have a comedy category where just basically it's just completely and utter hijinks and editing, it's like comedy bits together. And there's an action category, dance upbeat category, sentimental romantic category.
2: sentimental category.
1: like They 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 keep both of those two categories they like together and stitch them together, but it's. It's really cool to see what kind of stuff can come out of this, and it's a real testament to really great editing too. Because sometimes certain videos will stitch together footage that are from two entirely different shows yeah. and put them in the same video to make the illusion like the two characters are in the exact same shot. Yeah,
2: That's I gotta just say as well, blows it's, it blows my mind. I gotta say as well, it's really cool that like you're discovering new things at a convention because usually it seems to me like it's the place to go and like be with like-minded people and just find like-minded people who you already know are like-minded because you like the same things. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool that you're like finding new things there as well.
1: Oh yeah. That's that's basically what keeps me coming back every single year is because the fact that it's a, I'm discovering stuff about the culture Mm. and shows that I may have not had the chance to really see or get invested in before. And also, like you said, you know, you meet like minded people and you have chats with them and, you know, you take pictures together and share stuff about the con or stuff that you've watched. And then sometimes you can have really silly stuff happen, like I've mentioned in uh, the article that just went up today. Is like you can literally walk in through the uh, hallway of the convention center and then you happen upon a bunch of uh, people dressed up in Undertale attire all lying on the floor, just kind of spread out and literally. Like looking up at passersby and it's like do, uh, referencing a joke from the actual game do you want to lie down with us and feel like garbage and people will do it <laughs> Justin, yeah just... that's
2: dangerous <laughs> that's gonna, that's well, be <laughs> it's going
1: it to it was really strange <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's right and the organizers was like well Okay.
1: Now we just have they, this huge But all like, <laughs> Exactly. All just like lying down on the
0: ground. It's like, okay guys, you need to, you need to
1: make room no, because people are trying to get to It makes me adults. happy
0: that they still have like it's AMV funny. things because it feels to me like a really old school thing that people didn't really know people still did. That's quite, you know, I feel like I remember watching like, I remember watching like a Evangelion one set up set along to knocking on heaven's door and things like that and
2: it's Hmm. and it just seems like
1: oh very nice
2: (laughs) yeah i um i know i know you mean i think actually if anything chris my impression is that there are more than ever
1: yeah because now that they're making the contests for it so now people are making these things with the contests in mind and it's actually at least you know there are there are still Plenty of just, like, regularly produced AMVs on the internet like that I happen upon every now and again. But still, it's a lot of the ones that are at least made for the conventions. Well, like it's a ha- heck of a lot easier really than well it used to
0: together. be. People used to literally, like, get, wait, I've got, got this VHS and this other VHS, and I'm right. getting this clip, and then I'm putting that on. Because, like as he said, the co- autocad would be going 20, no, 18 years, or whatever. People have been going to anime conventions for for years and years and do Hmm. stuff like that and i've i've heard people say that they sort of their their function has changed the conventions because it used to be you'd go to a convention to watch anime because you couldn't see it anywhere else um like they'd have lots of screening rooms and everything and lots lots of premieres but um i think that's less obviously there are still premieres and stuff but it's not It's not like it used to be when mm-hmm. it used to be hard to watch anime, because you just go, it's all there on the yeah, internet. Yeah, I, I heard there
2: used to be, like, I heard there used to be, like, screening rooms, and then also, like, if oh, yeah. you found people who, like, had one video, mm. uh, you'd, like, go back to the hotel and watch it. Yeah. And. <laughs> um, and, uh, and stuff like that but I think it's, it still sounds to me like it's pretty much like it's a similar kind of uh, function though Like you could just share those AMVs online and just watch them and you know like have the community in the YouTube comments but people want to like be with each other and, and share them still that's really cool yeah totally mm-hmm.
1: yeah there were a lot of really I I Like I said, I only saw some of them pro, uh, retroactively after the convention was over, but, uh... Because normally I actually get- I, I go to see them live premiere, you know, in the convention center itself, but... It was unfortunate, like, I had to choose between either going directly and waiting in line to- at, um, to see the premiere of The Vision of Escaflone or, you know, going to the A and B contest, and I figured that's- it's the... You know, it's Esca- A, it's Escaflone and B... I really wanted to see how this, this new dub was turning out. I opted to go to see that over the AMV contest. But my brother went to that, and then he gave me the list of the videos that premiered there. And then we were able to retroactively look them up on YouTube. Which is, if you're interested, just type, you know, go to YouTube, type in Otacon 2016 AMV contest. And I promise you there will be at least a something of a list of videos already up there. Sweet. And a lot of them were really well put together. But the, other than that, I think the very last thing I was able to do was go to one of the Sunday panels, and which was titled The Art of Sakuga, which was a little little panel put together that was meant to highlight the different uh, animation styles and uh, works of particular animators in the Japanese animation industry. Like, we had um, mentioned Yoshinori Kanada, who The legend. Yeah, he is a anim- animation legend, and uh, I believe one of the styles that they they were able to talk about, and when he when they brought up his work was his um, influence with special effects animation and uh, the I believe what they've they've dubbed it the Canada dragon.
0: Okay. The style okay. Where he
1: makes like a dragon, um, a, like I say, a fire or smoke effects that actually take the form of a dragon.
2: It's 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 probably worth like explaining what like sakuga is, it's, it's basically just the word that's mm-hmm. given in, like, when the anime has credits, um, it's just the words, like, given to the actual animation itself. But it's mm-hmm. sort of been appropriated by a group of fans to mean particularly interesting or, like, noteworthy or important or um, it, it... any animation that really kind of stands out. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: I've only I've only just been made aware of that myself.
2: So the way how so the way how like the industry works is that it actually allows individual animators to become little like superstars in their own right, and also kind of in a really weird way. I mean, it seems like really counterintuitive to what animation is because when you're working in a big production, you want all the characters to look the same. But in actual mm-hmm. fact, like individual animators um develop like their own like voices and particularly with um with anime series where there's lots of fighting and things like that there'll yeah. be things like fighting styles or effects or just like styles of movement that these animators will work on and they'll like begin to ex- become very expressive in how um and how they're drawn and animated—it's a really like unique thing. It's, I mean, I I don't really know what it's what it's uh, analogous analogous well, to. Uh.
3: We talked about this um, when we talked about um, Princess Kaguya. Remember, we went sort of on on um, those really emotional um, scenes. How that sort of the the oh, animation yeah. kind of change yeah. style and um, I mean that that's an example of 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 what you're talking about right where where uh, sort of animators have maybe more creative freedom or something um, but they it's really expressive and um, emotional
2: yeah it, yeah it's that's true I mean it is kind of but it's also like it can apply to um, just pretty much like how animators are cast so. If there's, uh, um, it's so hard to explain. It, it's actually basically there. There is a different kind of um, attention paid to keeping things on model in anime, particularly, mm-hmm. and uh, you can basically like the individual animator's way of drawing a character is not. Um, uh, kicked into line so much like to conform with the rest (laughs) of like a production or a series or whatever so if you it's kind of like if you're an artist and you have friends like you can look through like piles of drawings and you can go oh Mike did that or you know oh that's definitely a so and so drawing and it's really weird, like, with these animators, you actually get to experience a similar thing where you'll be watching, like, a new movie and you'll be like, oh, that's definitely, like, so-and-so. <laughs> um, Sorry, sorry, Rachel, I just thought it was, like, worth explaining.
1: No, it's okay. That is actually that, one yeah. of the reasons I brought it up because I wanted to see, you know, if you guys had any more inf- information on that.
2: The yeah. Reality,
1: you... I only recently became aware of the fact, you know, that particular kind of animation was called sakuga relatively recently and picking up yeah. on, like say who's involved on certain projects has, i've been seeing that kind of animation since you know obviously since i started watching a lot of different anime you know shows on tv like say yuhaka show or and full metal alchemist and onward but and i noticed like i would like you like you mentioned before like you noticed like like you, certain animators have certain styles, and you pick up on those similarities the more shows you watch and whichever you know shows those animators are working on, but I didn't know what it was called, so now I know exactly you know what exactly it it's all yeah. about and uh, I'm starting to pick up on more you know about who which you know of, you know who which animators are involved in the, that kind of animation or have those de- defined styles and how that's yeah. kind of shifting from not between uh, traditional who, animation, who actually but also um, digital, digitally drawn Running the panel? Too. Is it
0: someone who was, you know, known in anime circles, or is it just just general <laughs> fan?
1: I, I'm trying to remember because I know they um, they gave a list of the uh, of the people who put the panel together, and I have I I, I should have written down their names before we started, but it's like I, they seemed to be. I think they were people who were involved with the um, just Otakon convention in general, just kind of presenting like a list of, you know, anime uh, art, you know, animators who they particularly favor, and just showing clips of different animation sequences and showing us like, okay, this animator has this is what this the style that an, this animator is known for, and showing various clips of the mm. bits that they've worked on in the past.
2: I mean, actually, Chris, you bring up a really good point. It's the th- the thing is is like. This um this sort of like appreciation in, in in this way of animation is something that's actually relatively like recent. Like it's only within the last sort of I don't know ten years that people um like in English online have been like kind of talking about it. I, I remember um going on this forum, which is still going actually, called Annie Pages, um, which is run by this guy called Ben Et- Et- Ettinger. Um and it's the the problem about the problem with it is is that it's not really been like studied by scholars or anything like that. It's a lot of it is is to do with like um just finding piecemeal bits of information and trying to figure out like from credits or as I was saying, like from like drawing styles, like who did what and someone's because animators like they don't really they don't have portfolios or all their own websites they're quite private so it's 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 got that kind of like um it's got that kind of spirit about it still at the moment it's not really been formalized and i don't think like uh many of the writers uh like academics who write about anime have really approached it yet uh so it's kind of like a it's a really like, relatively recent, um, Yeah, well, it's a word, subculture, like a within a subculture, subculture culture, it I used suppose. to
0: be just, anime was its own, own tiny little niche, in, <laughs> you know, in pop culture, or whatever, and now, it's, you know, bigger, and, more people know about it, and stuff, so now, it's breaking up into smaller little, yeah. things, so there's like the, um, you know, there's the, jojo
2: fans and there's the
1: shonen fans and
2: but but it's particularly like cool to me because i think it's a it's Mm -hmm. a real gap in the market in terms of like academic uh like study with with animation because uh, i mean like in animation in general not just anime because lots of like the books you'll see on anime talk about uh like metatextual things or do, do, do you know what i mean they don't really talk about the visuals and mm-hmm. like this whole subset is about talking about how things look and how they move so, so so sorry so so rachel how how was the panel
1: it was really good like i said um only just recently became familiar with uh just the fact you know this particular type of animation has been recently dubbed sakuga and that they're still you know trying they're, they're only still just kind of gathering footage of c- and connecting it to certain um animators and they went like they went over a great deal of uh different uh different animators and their and their respective styles and showed us a lot of clips like i said there was um yoshinori kanada um masami obari who uh, uh okay came up with the um obari punch style uh you know, and yes. then there was the uh, the sunrise sword pose. If you're familiar uh, with that,
2: okay. Yeah, Ob- Obari is like he did lots of Mecca. Yeah,
1: he's he was a big like mecha guy.
2: Yeah, and 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 Kanada, he's like a real like legend. Like in the, I guess in like the seventies, he started like developing really like snappy, almost like geometric approaches to action and um, I think, like, if you look at his, like, effects work, that you'll see that and you'll go, oh, that's kind of like, classically uh, like, anime-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, like, he's, he, he unfortunately like, died, I think, in 2009. Um, but his influence is, like, is really huge on, on, on oh, the rest yeah, of anime. A lot of,
1: a lot of shows Subsequent mecha shows have used a lot of the different like poses and uh, style of shots that he would use in his when he animated. So that's his, mm. his his legacy is definitely still very present in that genre.
2: Yeah, like the whole if you like Hiroyuki Imaishi stuff, like the whole kind of like basically like for example, FLCL would not exist the way it does without Kanada because the crazy angles and things like that. Are uh, uh, all are all like kind of from it from him. Really.
3: Yeah.
1: And there are a whole bunch of others. Like um one of the ones that uh, stood out to me that I actually already knew the name of before I uh, went into uh, went into this panel was uh Yoshimichi Kam I'm I'm mispronouncing those names terribly, but Yoshimichi Kam hmm Who was in charge I think i I think I know I've seen a bunch of his work in a bunch of different things but the one that stands out the most to me was um, his work in uh, Fold Metal Alchemist because he yeah. was he was one of the uh, prevalent animators in um, Brotherhood and even the original show and he's been it's really known for like really bold line drawings of uh, and um, what was the what was the word that they used um, oh gosh I'm there's like it was the, one of the great things about this panel was the fact that I was Really, A Stranger in a Strange Land, I never really had a chance to really get into this side of, you know, Japanese animation before, but it was, uh, it was just so fascinating to learn, like, uh, you know, and actually get to see which animators worked on what scenes. Like, I know with, um, with Kameda, they used the, uh, they actually showed us the scene, um, in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood where... Mustang is fighting lust and literally burns her to death and just that's like a great example of uh Kameda's style because you see lust get set on fire and then it's just the animation around her like I wouldn't say sketchy is the word because like I said it's it's like bold very bold lines of the animation as you know mm. you know reaction reaction shots I think is what they were calling mm.
2: it I'd say I I I would actually call Kameda sketchy like he he tried to really push the kind of like sketchy lines that he was allowed to uh submit for his animation. hmm He was known for being quite quite bold about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But he could but he can also, like as you're saying, like do like really precise drawings as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Like really clean, you know, uh solid drawing as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: But yeah, that was really, even though that was all I really had time to go to, you know, see in, at Otacon, especially like Sunday, we had to keep things relatively short because uh A, we had to check out of the hotel relatively early so we could make sure to repark the car and then walk all the way down to uh the convention center to make sure we had enough time to get every, like, all of our last minute things done before we had to hit the road back home, but it was, out of all the panels we went to see, I'm really glad that we were able to close out the, uh, the experience with, um with going to see that panel because it was is now i find myself coming home getting on youtube and looking up for uh mads or animation uh literally uh, videos put together that do, do contain like different uh clips of animation used from these different animators that are all just kind of like put up on youtube by passionate fans to basically say this animator worked on this this one was involved in this scene and and so forth so now I'm just kind of like watching a whole bunch of them, and it's like, okay, who did this one and who did that one?
2: Yeah, I yeah, I spent like I spent like five years doing that, <laughs> just just scouring and and it was great as well because at the time I was like in college and I wasn't really I didn't have all the time in the world to watch like a whole series, and for someone just to pick out like the best animation in a series was
1: mm-hmm.
2: just amazing. Yeah, I needed that
1: <laughs> well I know I shared um, on our Facebook page I shared the one video that was included in the uh, the panel presentation of uh, Yoshinori Kaneda's, uh animation uh, clip the video they basically featured that was like the last video they featured in the panel and it was really really cool to watch so if uh, you're all if anyone's curious feel free to go visit our Facebook page and it should still be up there but um, if we can, I think it's also. I wonder if the, uh, a lot of people in our who show notes, if are really
0: into Sakuga or whatever are people who are, who are maybe more general animation fans as well, you know, rather than specifically just anime. Because it seems like, you know, it's a, the kind of thing that people. Because, you know, there are still the people who are like, uh, if it's not Japanese, eh, you know, like I, I was
2: messing earlier. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I do you know what? Um, I've seen both mm-hmm. sides of what you're talking about. I've seen people who have said like, "Oh yeah, anything's cool," and like you know, um, because
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's it's quite strange. Like within like a production framework, these individual jobbing animators, um. Reach quite expressionistic levels of like drawing, really, so I have seen like people who are just interested in animation in general getting into it, but i what i 've also seen is people who have um, a very like defined set idea of what they think animation ought to look like, um, not being interested in animation being expressive and like, you know, for example the classic thing of like, you know, uh, oh mm. it doesn't have nothing in between, so it doesn't look like Disney animation so therefore it's wrong and it's bad and and I, but the thing is like I've seen that from people who should know better like I've seen like you know, some some like anime writers who have written, you know, um books Uh, like you know and have been published for like many years like for talking about anime like metatextually in a like a academic sense just completely like not understanding uh, like animation being expressive like that like uh, someone saying um, you know oh the the animation in House Moving Castle was very scratchy in places and I don't think Miyazaki would have let, you know, um such such drawings pass in in you know, a few years back and it's like, hang on, wait, you really don't understand like what's 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 going Someone on. Someone recently
0: shared the original link I mean the original review that was published in Variety of um My Neighbor Totoro and it was like religion, originally released in the US and it was really negative and it was like it was like oh yeah Animation, it's rubbish, it's not like Disney. Oh, really? And nothing really yeah, happens, it sure. just turns out she's got a cold. Like, what? You have missed mm-hmm. absolutely everything about that film. Yeah, but these people are just like, oh, it just turns out she's got a cold. Is it the It's like, it, man. what? Like, the type <laughs> <Idea>. of. <thing?
2: laughs>
0: like, you've missed the whole subtext of what's yeah. wrong with her. It's serious. <laughs> I know it's all right. She comes home at the end in the credits. It's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's happy.
0: I mean,
2: that could but be no, a dream. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: dream. I get what you're. I get what you're trying to say. It's it's it, it, it's, it's like I said. It's it's a part of animation. It's a it's a style of animation that I only recently just became aware of, and the fact that I had an opportunity to you know take some time and learn more about it was really really yeah. cool. And now I'm. I'm becoming more familiar with the the people who put the work into this really impressive and creative uh, style of animation and I'm really eager to learn more so that's probably that's probably going to just take up more time more time on my busy schedule but you know what I don't think I'm going to regret anything looking into looking into this more
2: oh if you're if you're interested (laughs) I can show you some really cool things
1: please
2: I've got a whole dropbox actually that I could I could share. That's just
1: Nice. Like,
2: yeah. I I think it's like two gigs worth of videos I've saved.
1: Oh man. Nice. I'd be I'd be happy to take a look at those. But yeah, as other than that, that was more or less the uh Otacon experience as I was able to have it and like I said, uh I'm really appreciative of the opportunity that Otacon, you know, the people at Oticon were able to give me to come in actually able to speak one-on-one with uh, some of their guests and being able to get to experience this final uh, Oticon convention at um, and in Baltimore. Because I'm not entirely sure if I'll be able to make it to the following one in Washington, D.C., but I would really like to if given another opportunity. So, again, very thank you very much for the opportunity and I sincerely hope that I get to experience it again because it is a uh,
0: and thank you very, for very presenting us, Rachel.
1: And for a lot of people, and for good reason.
0: And, and you can uh, keep an eye out for videos of Rachel's interviews. It's my pleasure. And also, the um, the audio of the Akane interview will be tagged after this, <laughs> I think. If you keep listening, if you're a patron. So, hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so keep clips of that. And so um, later. Moving on <laughs> We covered that. Um there is something that we were gonna talk about in the news section but we ended up going <laughs> straight into uh Otacon. But um recently Sausage Party, the adult uh animation from yes, quote unquote, adult animation ...that has been released in the US recently... ...and has actually been doing rather well... ...getting good reviews and... ...if you listen to this podcast... ...then you kind of know what our... ...sort of opinion... (laughs) ...having not seen the film... uh, ...but our our preconceptions about the film... ...are not terribly positive... ...but... ...that's not the point... ...what we're going to talk about is the fact that there's a bit of a controversy... ...around the production of the film... uh, ...because there was an interview... ...published on Cartoon Brew... Last week. Uh, with the directors talking about it. And they were basically talking about. How the, they produced the film. Really cheaply. In, relatively compared to. Disney and Pixar. Things like that. And DreamWorks. And I might say. Well it doesn't really look like those films either does it. <laughs> but that's not the point. Um, but they're basically saying. Yeah it looks as good as those films. But it's not as expensive. No. Well, uh, they're basically boasting about having a low budget. And people who worked on the film uh, came in the comments section under that article and uh, made some allegations about the film, uh, the conditions. Uh, they said that uh, basically people were expected to work overtime, unpaid and things like that, and lots of people left the production and have ended up not being credited. Is that about... The size of it, then Threatened to um, f- be fired if they
3: weren't in, weren't hitting yeah. deadlines and still not getting paid for extra time on top Shit. of that. Damn.
2: Yeah, it's and and also like the thing that they were kind of stressing is that like these kind of contracts. Mm-hmm. So like they're not employed; they're employed like for the duration of the show. And mm-hmm. once the production is over, it's it's not like certain that they'll be able to stay at that company or be called back for the next project. So, right. you know, failure to like to comply with these, um, with these, I, I don't want to call them rules, but they're kind of like, you know, unofficial uh, requirements, I guess yeah. that, they seem, that they, that they seem to have been asked to fulfill like failure to meet those means that they're kind of putting their futures at the company in jeopardy. Yeah, which is completely unacceptable. And, yeah, it's... I mean, it's a real shame that... Uh, because, I'm, I mean, I don't have... I personally don't have any opinion on the film yet, not having seen it at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of disgusting that, you know, they've got this huge... Uh, um, famous uh, cast of of voice actors and you know if they weren't paid properly you know the film wouldn't even get out you know the film wouldn't even start production if they weren't happy with their pay whereas animators and visual effects artists are kind of expected to grit their teeth and tell themselves that they're doing it for the love or whatever and yeah, no, totally. And, I mean, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, yeah, sorry, it's so lopsided. And it's, it's completely disgusting, because the thing is, if this is, I mean, we've 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 always spoken about this film as like kind of being something that could set a standard, because, like, regardless of the budget, it's a really high profile release. It's had like quite um, a big marketing campaign. And it's got, like, really big, you know, stars and uh, writers, like, behind it. So if this is, like, setting the example for what might follow, we need to, yeah, and this stuff needs to, com- like, stop now because it's going to be movies getting successful off the backs of it was anim- animators who have, you know, uh, been completely screwed over.
3: This is pretty standard it's pretty standard though i mean unfortunately like you there's an element of protection if you're signed on to a studio and even if you're signed on as a freelancer in the u.s uh like you're there's a you know minimal amount of protection and whatever but not really like um i mean most yeah oh that's true that's a good point that's right yeah i forgot about that I, i that's right i looked up the studio i think last time i was on and we talked about this um, or this particular film, but um, I, I guess I guess my point is that I've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot in New York City. Um, I mean, this is kind of one of those. Well, this is kind of the, one of those things that gets me fired up about um, animation nights and, and like this sort of idea of, of uh, creating something like the eventual goal being creating something to sort of help filmmakers because, um, you know, that's exactly what happens. There's this sort of big bloated middle section. I mean, their whole goal, which is sort of the reason why this happened, right, Is or allegedly or whatever, is because they're trying to slash costs. <laughs> and like always 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 it's the um production people but, um, that get
0: like shit the first on time I've heard of <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Uh, in ca- the Canadian industry particularly um there was similar allegations around the i don't know what the company is, but they produced the um mm. uh, Alvin and the chipmunks, the new version of that, which is horrible, my niece is watching it's terrible, they, they don't even look like chipmunks they've got human ears, I don't get it it's weird, mm. I don't know what's going on it's weird <laughs> why do they look like children, they don't even look like chipmunks <laughs> it's awful, it's awful. <laughs> sorry, uh, that's <laughs> I heard people make allegations children. <laughs> against the company of that as well, but we should say, we should say that um, all of this and it's part of the reason it hasn't been covered on our site wow. apart from the fact we don't really talk we can't say that it's you know definitely this is how it went down but there's a lot right. of there's a lot of stuff going around and it's been reported on a lot of sites so we had to talk about it and also um, a lot of publicity it got was from was from friend of the show Davey Lally uh, who, who tweeted about it and his tweet went viral uh, about how he wants to support adult animation but basically he doesn't want to get it on the off the back of um people being screwed over that's not what he that's not his exact words that's my words right there um but yeah and i think we could all agree on that mm-hmm. <laughs> as you could tell um and also yeah the film still doesn't look good yeah okay. it... <laughs> but it's not even out here yet right
1: Still not sure I can get into it's regardless of the animation style, it still doesn't seem like it's the kind of movie that would be my cup of tea. But like I said, it's it's really it's not really too good to talk about something or talk down about something if you haven't really seen it. So that's yeah. right, just-
0: yeah, I know it's so, on my list <laughs> to see. That is pretty much covers Sausage Gate, I think. Is that you? <laughs> yep. Yep, Sausage Gate. Um, <laughs> so That's what we're
1: dubbing it now. Do, does
0: anyone <laughs> want to talk about stuff that they've been watching? At all? Um, I I could. Oh, I actually. Um, I've watched a ton of stuff this week just because I've been here in the house of my own for a week, and I've just been catching up with everything. Um, I've just been like I've watched the entirety of Stranger Things. <laughs> I've, I've caught up with loads of films. I watched. Um, I watched Deadpool. Finally, I watched. Um, I watched. I watched. Uh, nice. what, Rocky J. Part two. That was. Yeah. But I also. Um, I also. One of the first things I watched was was the Good Dinosaur. Uh, I finally watched. And yeah, that. Well, it's all right. <laughs> it's. It's. I. I can see why people are not as amazed as you know. It's no inside out or or even Finding Dory. Um, it's got a kind of weird tone, really. I I think in that it's
1: yeah. Dan Dan and I will discuss that at length already, but yeah, it's definitely weird.
0: It's got a downbeat sort of feel, and I was like, uh, why? Well, yeah, all bit, I... it's all a bit sad, really, for a lot of it, and I I'm not a big fan of the style of the actual. The characters <laughs> very much um obviously the um the environments are stunning they're like they're mm-hmm. probably like the most impressive environments i've ever seen i can understand what won of those awards <laughs> but it's sort of it really does it does really you know the the mix right. of that the characters and that background is really weird um and it sort of it sort of fits with the tone of the film because the tone of the film is sort of mixed because it's sort of like oh here's wacky childhood adventures and here's tragedy and the the brutality of nature all at the same time so sort of the contrast between the the visual of the background and the um and the characters sort of fits in with the contrast of the two styles of the film in a sort of way in that they don't really mash
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's what they were going for, I think. I mean, that's Disney. I mean, that's Bambi, right? That's, you know, a stupid, cute, like, you know, thumper and the owl and, oh, suddenly the forest is on fire and mum's dead and, you know, it's like... uh, I can't wait to watch A Good Dinosaur again because I think I'm going to, (laughs) like... It was really weird. So, like, I watched it. I think I watched it, like before the revenant came out here and then i watched the revenant and then i was like oh this is a lot like the good dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> oh, i can't remember if i saw the good dinosaur after having seen the revenant but either <laughs> way i think like i'm gonna end up rewatching the good dinosaur a lot more than i watched the revenant yeah the revenant's really right?
1: intense
2: <laughs> that counts or anything but I, I really don't think it's like you know it's, it's weird sometimes when you're talking about um, like how something looks that's usually the key to like okay you weren't paying attention to the actual story and you weren't being engrossed by the right things but I think in the case of The Good Dinosaur the fact that the environment is so impressive it is really worth noting because it's a big part of the story like the brutality, like the water mm-hmm. is just, and it sounds so lame. To like, it sounds like you're geeking out about a tech demo, but the water in it is amazing. It's, yeah. I mean, I I think in terms of its look, is more impressive than Inside Out or probably Finding mm-hmm. Dory.
1: All right, sounds good. So I guess then Yvonne, unless I if there's anything else to cover, then I guess the floor is yours Yvonne
3: all right yeah um, just real quick I uh, um, besides working on uh, the festival stuff uh, for next month and the next month um, uh, and also
0: it's a festival <laughs>
3: Uh, there is a festival, <laughs> September twenty ninth and thirtieth <laughs> <laughs> It's the Annie festival <laughs> oh, Palace. It is amazing. It's even more amazing as animation for adults will be <laughs> will be presenting an award.
0: It <laughs> <That> is amazing. <laughs>
3: Uh, i know right let's keep let's just keep mentioning it yeah no it, well it is coming up and it's going to be actually pretty awesome but um we're we're going to do official press release stuff i think really in the next couple of days we just have to nail down a, a a couple of uh panel names um but we have some really really exciting stuff um not to mention content that's been kind of um offered to us to to show that um, it's really exciting anyway so um, so I've been looking at some VR stuff um, and uh, actually we also have a, a VR event coming up on the regular day um, of our, our monthly screening so September um, 14th the second Wednesday is that right 14th 16th why am I
1: not sure I can't look my calendars too far away. <laughs>
3: I can, like, I know, but I, I'm, i like, totally, totally don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, September 14th is, yeah, that's the Wednesday. Yeah. So, second Wednesday of September is the usual day we do our monthly screening events for Animation Nights New York. And um, instead, we're doing the art opening for Best of Fest, as well as a, a VR um, panel on um uh, smell its Cinematic VR 2.0, and the use of smell and some other things done uh, presented by Reverie Immersive Work. So that's really exciting. And um, I might actually even be able to participate on a little bit and just sort of talk about experiences and programming. Professor, because we're accepting also VR submissions to Animation Nights New York, which is pretty awesome. So anyway, in my um, I, I sort of been keeping an eye on content that's been coming through. And um, one thing that I just looked at was, um, last night um, was a, uh, a piece called firebird la la Paris um, anyway um, this i watched it on the vibe I think it's available for cardboard too but um, it was really um, beautiful beautiful piece um, it was in I think four acts I might be um, wrong about some of these little details it's off the top of my head but um, um it's got a, a, a famous uh actor sort of doing um the narrative um, what's his name? John he's in Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones. Oh, John uh, Rice Reese Davies Davies. Dav- is it Reese or Rice? Reese Davies, yeah. Um and the thing that it's really incredible about it is because, you know, this is all new territory first of all it looks really nice and it's sort of um a story with some uh dance performance um sort of it looks like motion capture and then um a couple of different environments and um i don't get to use the word meta very much but it definitely is like it's because it's a, a performance piece um that's on a stage and there are sort of two different environments that you are in experiencing the piece um while the narrative is going so um that's the Part that's really fantastic because you know all this—it's sort of wild west right now, and 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 it's always curious to me, like how as the viewer participant, you're going to have your um, you're you're going to be directed, you know, where you're going to be directed to look and how you're going to be directed to look, and um, with this piece, you're sort of on a stage on stage in front of an audience that you can kind of make out not really but you see that they're there yeah. and then as the piece progresses it sort of moves into a fantasy realm so that you're you're in the story Whoa. see what i mean so it's really self-referential, um, and yet, and then at one point, um, you're using controllers as a flashlight, and you have to grab a couple of things to sort of um, create a little bit of interactivity, though it's for other, that's just for the vibe. Um, you wouldn't necessarily need much in the way of controllers, but you do have this light that um, shines around where you look or point, and um, so that sort of makes it makes you sort of pay attention as well. But, but that's sort of like secondary, like first environment, environment second environment um is really something because it does kind of draw you in and then the motion capture stuff i mean the performance piece with the uh, humanoid you know a lot of the times um sort of falls flat for me but um this didn't it had a real it was really kind of breathtaking um it had its moments where um yeah it, it was very effective you know and and um so it's just exciting you know they they all kind of um uh, Seemed like demos really um, at the at this stage of the game, uh, but uh, it was really beautiful and it's definitely worth um, experiencing and, and checking out. Um, and I, I've already got links actually. I'm going to email to you so we can stick on the the um, the show notes. But, um, but yeah, it was really something else, really really beautiful. Other than that, I've I've got some films to catch up on because we're we've hit the 2,000 mark as for with, oh, with regard oh, to film my submissions. My. Yeah, I think it's 2004. (laughs) Um, So I'm uh, a few pages behind, um, and I have to catch up. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, But um, yeah, I uh, I checked out Little Princess, and I know we're talking about that later. But um, as as a couple of us have, and um, other than that, I need to look at this. Oh, I did play this other thing, and this um this game called um, uh, A Chair in the Room. And, um, yeah, and that's just freaking terrifying. That game is terrifying. Oh. Um, it. <laughs> that that was a whole kind of di- different kind of experience and um it was just it's one of these horror games like the only thing that was really like helping me keep it together is that i was just like oh it's not really that advanced like nothing's really going to be chasing me because they can't they haven't really gotten the motion controls right i can't be running away yet like seriously that's the oh only thing God. that um gave that's
2: me funny. any kind of <laughs> i know
3: exactly no that's what it was like you're okay first of all you're in it, oh, like you're in, you're you're there as a patient. Like that's creepy enough, you know what I mean? And then this whole like, there are like these repetitive sort of environments except there are things that change and then like the music really all of that alone just does the number on your head but then you know on top of that it's just creepy anyway so like at one point I mean there's this one moment where you're in a hallway and there's this like thing crawling towards you and I'm like in the room going no 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like saying that out loud like no 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 <laughs> a thousand times Uh, no disturbing so disturbing and yet you know i really am looking forward to i can't play that one in the evening like i have to um make sure uh but i'm totally gonna play through it because it's it's just it's it's i can't i have to know i have to know if i'm a murderer no (laughs) anyway that's worth checking out too (laughs) um but yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much what I've looked at. Otherwise, I've just been, uh, you know, organizing, putting things in order. It's always
0: good to hear Getting about VR
1: stuff.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Dan, did you want to just mention Pete's
2: Uh Yeah, I saw Pete's Dragon. Oh, my God, you guys. It's great. So, like, <laughs> like that's it. That's it. That's my review. Bye. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, um... Okay, so it's like it's kind of like a sister movie in spirit to like the Jungle Book earlier in the year, mm-hmm. where like it's a remake. But I mean, this one is actually like nothing. If you, did anyone? Okay, so did anyone um, watch Pete's Dragon, the like seventy-seven movie? I remember seeing bits of
1: it, but I don't think I saw it all the way through.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I never saw it. I think I saw it lots. I think I saw it lots of time when I was growing up actually. Yeah, to be I
2: think I I I think we used to have like a beaten up VHS that was like on a VHS that had like been recorded over and erased like a billion times. And, <laughs> and it was like recorded from TV, so it was like this horrible copy. But I remember watching it a few times and it kind of it's kind of like set I think it's set in America at like the turn of the century. I seem to recall that or like or like 19th century America, um, in like a seaside town. Who cares? But the thing is, it's like <laughs> the, the 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 remake is not really a remake because the only thing it's taken is that there's a green dragon and there's a boy, and it's in America, and it's like this new story, uh, pretty much. Um, it's directed by David Lowry, who. It's um, probably best known for "Ain't Them Body Saints," uh, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen. Um, but he's he's got like a real. I think he's got a bit of like a an independent like kind of spirit. to him. Um, but yeah, Pete's Dragon. What is it like? It's like they left him alone to make a movie. You know, like do you remember when movies used to be that, and it was just like <laughs> simple. It's a really good. Like um chicken noodle soup, like simple old fashioned like movie. And lots of people have like been comparing it to Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um like it's got 'cause it's got something of like an E. T. kind of thing going on with like family and this you know, fantastic. and then like people have also been comparing it to like to Totoro a little bit. Um but it's it's just like a it's great. It's a great film, and I mean, I, personally, I don't think the animation is the most spectacular thing about it. Um, I mean, even though it's really good, it's not really like a. It's not like a. a tech them. They're not trying to show off the technology. It's it's very much just like a. Um, just another part of the film. Really, the fact that there's a dra- <laughs> there's this like dragon. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're like arming or roaring about it, I would just say go and go and see it because it's it's really worth um checking out and it's like it I saw it like like a couple of weeks after having seen the b f g and those films like are really kind of living in the same space now in my mind <laughs> um where it's like uh quiet. Ish, stripped down, good old fashioned, like kids' movie storytelling going on. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed. It's a lovely film. And like, I, it's a better film than the original, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like with this. People yeah,
2: keep saying that. With this movie, Sorry, it's not Chris? so much the animations, the, uh... Oh. You... Sorry. I was... People keep saying. Oh, really? Yeah, no, absolutely, hands down. Yeah, and I'm like,
0: "Hey, God, stop being mean." People did that with um with Jungle Book. Some people are like, "Oh, it's way better than the original." I'm like, oi oi you watch what you're saying there?
2: I don't think. <laughs> I, I think, and like weirdly, like, it kind of reminded me of uh I, I don't know, like in the '80s, like when things were kind of remade that people weren't really fond of, but were kind of vaguely familiar with. Like the fly, like that was just remade, and it was like this entirely new thing, and it was, it had a really like naturalistic style to it, and it was was better than the original. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of irrelevant as well to compare it to the original because the plots are almost entirely different, completely different.
1: That more or less, Alrighty More then.
2: or less everything, I guess. I think so. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, actually, really quickly, um, Yvonne, Last yep. time you mentioned Pearl, the yes. like Google Spotlight film.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, I'm, I get so jealous of like hearing you talk about like all these cool VR things you get to like play around with. So, so um, I <laughs> when I found out that like you could watch it. Um, just on your phone, like using the three sixty like yeah. uh, YouTube uh like setting that they have on some videos. Mm-hmm. I watched it and it's great. And if you if if, if, anyone's, if anyone's interested, it's um it's Patrick Osborne who is the guy who directed that um Feast. Feast, oh. yeah that came with um Big Hero Six. Oh um, and he's like directed like it's kind of like a music video, but it's a short film really. That's really yeah. driven by music. Um, yeah, it
3: kicks you in the heart.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's such a strange experience. <laughs> but basically, if you have like the YouTube app on your phone, and your phone has like um like a gyroscope kind of function, um, you can essentially like use your phone as like a window. Kind of, kind of like how, um, if you haven't seen it, like uh, it, it was how uh, Glenn Keen's uh, short film *Duet* was, yeah, was presented. But it's such a strange like experience because it's all told like from sitting in the passenger seat of a car, and yeah. you get to you get to look around as the car is like going through tunnels and like stopping places or just on the road and it's uh it's a really cool way to like experience uh a film i guess and i yeah. really recommend checking it out if you're able to and uh, actually even if you're unable to do that with your phone if you watch it online you still have the ability to like, you use a mouse video, yeah you know, with your mouse and like pan around as you would in like a video game i suppose
3: yeah the vehicle is a vehicle for the story
2: <laughs> and a character in
3: the story <laughs> and um and My it, it does... was the car yeah. yes, <laughs> and it's the the same yeah and the way a car can sort of grow old with you it's um it is actually yeah. a perfect vehicle <laughs> for the story <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, but that was just quick, but um yeah I think it's it's worth checking out because it it didn't have like much fanfare i don't really feel like it was just kind of released mm-hmm. um but yeah seek it out seek it out it's called po
3: i just sent a link to you guys great. great
2: great make sure
1: that keep that in the show notes also all right i awesome. guess that does that wrap us wrap up episode 50 you think guys
0: 50. yeah i reckon amazing bye though <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. where, where can you find us on the podcast? You can find us on iTunes, podcast.com, on Stitcher, and you can follow also episodes on the podcast on the Animation for Adults official website. And follow everyone on. We can follow us also on <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest. If I'm forgetting anything. <laughs> and Chris, where can we find you on the social medias?
0: You can follow me at MrChristor on
2: Twitter and on Facebook.
1: Awesome. Dan, how about you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Hamu.
1: And Yvonne?
3: I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc. And if you would like to submit a short film to Animation Nights New York, um, please go to our website or use Film Freeway, um, but we're at animationnightsnyc so um, please do. All right, and you can
1: follow me on animation
0: Twitter. Animation Nights.
1: Yep, Animation Nights New York.
0: Woo! <laughs> a what, what, a <laughs> a what, a what a name. What a awesome brilliant name. What an awesome name, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet the what? person who came up with that name was terribly <laughs> handsome and sophisticated.
3: <laughs> and brilliant. Don't forget Brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Welcome.
1: All right. Well, let's close out this episode, and we will see you all on the next episode of the AFA podcast for episode 51. All right. See ya, everybody. Good night.
0: Bye.